0: I'm gonna break into your conversations because we're, we're, there's some shopping to be done. People are trying to move through the checkout queue. Come on. Joke. Uh, nice to see you. If we haven't met, my name is Tim. I'm the vicar here. In, in just a moment, I'm gonna bring our reading. You, you might wanna grab a Bible. I think there's one on a seat near you. I'm on page 1011. We take scripture seriously here. I'm going to read from um, John's account of Jesus' life. A little bit of context, because I won't read the whole account he's he's performed, what John describes as a miraculous sign. We sometimes you know, we talk about a miracle, and often we can use that to sort of refer to, oh, that's something amazing that's blessed me, Uh, and it did bless the people that were there. He he took some um, loaves, five loaves and two fish, and uh, prayed to God, asked God to bless it. There's power in God's blessing. That's why the Church of England pays attention to what it blesses. Uh, And those loaves and those fish uh, miraculously fed about 20,000 people, 5,000 men. In those days, they only counted the men. Forgive me, women, children, everyone else. Uh, So, extraordinary, miraculous sign. Because it wasn't just that the people were fed. It was that it pointed to something greater. It pointed to uh, something significant. Uh, And Jesus goes on to to say in, uh, well, let's just go. So, that's the first bit of chapter 6. Uh, and then let's go verse thirty-five. Let's just read there. Jesus declared, "I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty." Uh, and just over to verse fifty-one. Uh, and we know this is now teaching that was taking place in the synagogue. This was kind of to the in crowd, as it were, a bit, maybe a little bit like tonight. So he's, been, he's blessed the crowd through this miraculous sign and the conversation has gone on. And so he says to kind of his own people, if you like, I am the living bread, verse 51, that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply amongst themselves, how can this man give us flesh to eat? And Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise them up the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died. But whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Say the Anglicans. <laughs> Don't worry if you're not. We love you if you're not Anglican. I was at a school reunion um, some time ago, and actually some time after I left school. <laughs> that's How old I am? And um, as a man who, who came up out of the sort of crowd, and his arm was extended to shake my hand. And uh, he said to me, do, do you remember me? And I'm not sure that's really the question that he, he needed to ask, or even if he meant to ask, because absolutely I remembered him. The, 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 the question, probably the more pertinent question was, do you recognize me? It was some time after we left school. And John Aubrey uh, was a tall, he was over six foot, tall, lean, uh, got a big mop of black hair, very sporty guy, he was, a, he was just a cool guy at school. Uh, I, was at a, I was at a boarding school for my sort of secondary, equivalent of my secondary education, and, and he, we were in the same boarding house, so we kind of lived 24-7 with about 70, 80 of us in this, in this, uh, in this boarding house. And uh, John Aubrey, uh, he he'd filled out a little bit since then, he'd, he'd lost a bit of his hair, he was a little bit more jowly, um, so he was probably asking, Do you recognize me? But what he said was, do you remember me? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) I remember John Aubrey. I will never forget John Aubrey. I'll come back to why in just a minute. But we're thinking about communion today as part of our worship. We're gonna lead into an act of communion. And in the traditional service, there's a, a prayer that, that is prayed by the congregation before the prayer of consecration, where we, where we, we basically you know, we offer the, the, the symbols of, of uh, the signs, bread and wine as body and blood of Jesus. But before that, by way of preparation, is a prayer, and it's known as the prayer of humble access. In other words, We pray this as we prepare to come towards the table to receive the bread and the wine. And in the traditional service, this may be familiar to one or two of you, we say this. We do not presume to come to this, your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. and our souls washed through his most precious blood, that we may evermore dwell in him and he in us. Amen. Isn't that a beautiful prayer? Powerful prayer. And a weird prayer. If we, I mean, the trouble is, we've become so familiar to these kind of things. Grant us therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear son Jesus Christ and to drink his blood. Is that almost you right? as a little bit weird. Just a teensy, weensy bit weird. But we're going to pray, Lord, we'd like to eat your son's flesh and drink his blood. Seriously, the early church, the opponents and accusers of the early church, as they began to re- rehearse prayers like that, accused them of cannibalism. And you can see why. And actually, if we think about it, a lot of people today accuse the church of just being you know, irrelevant and, and out of touch and just plain weird, if not worse. And, I, and kind of, you can see why, can't you? Just a bit weird. Well, I'm, I mean, shortly I'm gonna invite you to take a little round little wafer and dip it in the, the cup Uh, which has some non-alcoholic wine, and then you take the little wafer and the wine together and you say, amen. (laughs) It's um, based on a Hebrew Old Testament idiom, this idea of um, uh, eating the flesh or drinking the blood. It's, It's an idiom for taking advantage of someone kind of, we we might say today, trampling all over them. Um, If you want to look at it, I haven't got time to go into it, but if if you're keen, 1 Chronicles 11, verse 15 to 19, there's an example where David says, um, basically some guys go and get uh, at at risk to their own lives, they break through enemy lines to get some water because he's thirsty, and when they bring it back, he goes, no, no, I I can't drink this, he pours it out, he says, do you you seriously want me to drink the blood of these men? And what he's meaning is taking advantage of the fact that they might have died. They risked their lives. Do, do, do you want me to take advantage of that potential death? So, so we, we would, it would be perfectly in keeping to, to translate this prayer, grant us, gracious Lord, so to take full advantage of the Lord's death that we might evermore dwell with him and he with us. This is what God invites us to do at Communion. Now, th- these words are based on the reading that we, that we had here, John chapter 6, and, and particularly uh, the bits that I, I touched on. Just again, for a little bit of context, he's uh, performed this miraculous sign, fed the 5,000, and then uh, as he's fed them physically, he, he challenges those who kind of uh, you know, uh, enter into dialogue with him and said, well, actually what you, what you really need to do is to press into spiritual food. Don't just be fed physically, because well, your ancestors were fed miraculously and physically. They had manna in the desert, but they died. This food will sustain you in this life and through death to the next. The food I'm talking about is, is, is feeding on me. I am the bread of life. So we see verse 35, this where he says that, and, and verse 40 of chapter 6 for my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life, and I'll raise them up on the last day. So far, so good. Jesus says, "I'm the bread. Come and feed on Me, and you will have life." Great. Who, who doesn't love nibbling on a lovely little bit of bread? Pop it in your mouth. Whoa, it's nice. Just it tickles the taste buds, doesn't it? Particularly, we're a real fan of olive bread. And just wait, trust, ruins us. Just next door, you know, olive. Oh, my goodness! So, a little slice of that a bit of marge on there. Don't need anything else, just in it goes. Oh, love a bit of bread! Love a bit of bread. Jesus goes deeper. Jesus doesn't stop at, Hey, have a little bread because we'd all, you see, as Christians, oh, it's nice, We can, we like, we'd love a little bit of Jesus, particularly if Jesus tastes nice. We'll fit him in. We can make room for Jesus, can't we, in our lives? I love a little bit of Jesus. G- oh, yes. Nice little bit of Jesus. But then Jesus uses this weird phrase. I mean, bread, we're everyday, commonplace. We under- I don't need to tell you what bread does. Basic staple, carbohydrate. Good for us in, you know, all things in moderation, but good for us. But then Jesus talks about flesh. Look at verse 54, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. So bread and flesh. What's what's Jesus doing here? Well, again, he's taking uh, Old Testament ideas. Remember, he's speaking to the Jews. He's engaging with his own people who have schooled in the Old Testament. And flesh basically describes a body drained of blood. In other words, a body that no longer lives, a body that is dead. Flesh describes a corpse. So Jesus says, I am the bread of life, but if if you genuinely want to live, you will need to eat my flesh. In other words, you'll need to, as it were, eat my death, you, you will need to fully encounter the death that I encountered. You will need to die to yourself. Eating my flesh, Jesus says, is like dying to myself. Paul in, uh, leader Paul into to the church in Galatia, and he's fantastic verse. You, well worth committing it to memory, so you have got it with you. Galatians two. And verse 20, Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. I have been crucified with Christ. I've died with Christ. As he died, I've I, I joined myself to Christ in every aspect, not just nibbling a bit of bread. I'm eating his flesh. I've died with Christ. And I live no longer I, but Christ lives in me. I have been crucified with Christ. Next little phrase, and I live. i crucified, dead, and I live. How is that possible? Through the blood. Jesus says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood. Blood, by contrast to flesh, synonymous with death, blood is what gives the body life. Jesus' blood was poured out of him, his crucifixion was offered to God as a a sacrifice to him. Blood denotes like, as we drink the blood of Christ, we are entering into his resurrection life. So we eat his flesh, we die to self, we enter his death, we drink his blood, we receive his resurrection life. Flesh, blood, death, life. That's what it is to follow Jesus Christ. I have been crucified with Christ, and I live, no longer I, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. Paul writes to uh, the church in Rome. And he says, sums it up, this chapter six and verse 11. He's talking here about another um, sacrament, an outward sign of an inner reality about baptism and what that symbolizes. Same kind of thing, you go down into the water, you die, you drown, and then you are raised to brand new life. See the, see the connection, the symbolism. And so he says, verse 11, chapter six, Romans, says, in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Two challenges for all of us here as we come to take communion in just a few minutes, as we, as we come to, to eat the flesh and enter into death, as we drink the wine and receive brand new life, two challenges. One is for those who've not yet died Forgive me, I, 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 as many of you, I, I, I maybe know a name, I maybe know one fact about you. I, I don't know many of your stories in detail. I don't, I don't know how many of you came to be here this evening. Um, and, but if you're here for the first time, you're visiting, you, you're just exploring, you're wondering, you all sorts of questions, doubts, concerns, it's so good to have you here. In fact, I don't know if Will mention he's doing the Explore Faith course, it's on Zoom Tuesday evening, and uh, I know he'd love you just to join that conversation as we explore. And maybe you may think, "Well, I'm not sure I have died to myself. I, I, <laughs> I like the idea of bread. I'm not sure I like the idea of flesh." That's John Albury. Do you Remember the guy at the, at the start, John Aubrey? For for a season, he um, wh- how it worked in our school. Do you remember? Sorry if bring, coming back to school brings back some sort of triggering memories for you. This is potentially one for me. School is very hierarchical, isn't it? I mean, you sort of in the workplace, it doesn't kind of matter what age you are, it's, it's, you know, it's, uh, it, it vary from profession to profession. But in school, you're very definitely year nine, are very definitely above year eight, and they're junior to year 10, yeah? And, and so I was in year, the equivalent of year 11, and John Albury was in year 12, and in year 12, Suddenly a lot of things changed. You, you were doing your A-levels, so you jetted into all the kind of top subjects you didn't like. And you got free periods where you could kind of, you, know, you could kind of louch around school just being free. And, um, and you could wear, in our school, there was a kind of fairly grim, um, uh, kind of, you know, just gray school uniform. But in the sixth form, you could wear your own jacket and your own tie and your own shirt color. And John Aubrey did all of that. And he was just reveling. I think it, what it was, was John Aubrey was reveling in his newfound freedom. And, and, and so, just he, to, to sort of extend that, just, you know, how kind of John Aubrey ish can I be? Uh, in the evening, uh, supper, breakfast and supper were kind of cafeteria thing. At lunchtime, all the staff were in, it was a bit more formal. But we were left to ourselves, breakfast. And, and it was, you just came in and served yourself. And I always tried to get into the dining room before John Aubrey in this little season. Because if he was there first, when I came through the door, John Aubrey would look up, see me, and then, just because just he could kind of, he was, cool, he was in the first 11 football, he was a really good hockey player, so he was kind of cool enough to get away with this, in front of the whole house, including all the juniors. As I walked through the door, he'd go, Stillwell! Christian! Except he didn't go silent on the middle word. And everyone, would be, everyone would look up, everyone would, and just for a moment, all 80 or so eyes would just stare at me, the Christian, as I walked into the thing. And there was, there was no escape. Now, my little story is about, I don't know, a year, year and a half earlier, i started going along to the Christian Union. I'd started listening to some talks that just made, they weren't sermons, they weren't like, wow, they just made sense. It was like I was saying earlier on, I got some information that the Holy Spirit was working in that revelation that was beginning to transform me. So I, wanted to, I was beginning to want to live a different life but I kind of hadn't been outed. You know, I sort of went along to see you, but no one kind of knew, really. A few people did, but it just kind of was on the down low. I was still getting away with playing it cool. Maybe I could be like John Albury and wear my own jacket and my own tie and my own shirt one day. Yeah. And he, he he stops that in its tracks as the door opens and I walk in. No, Christian. And I, I walk to the canteen, to to the the thing, to get my food. And I can hear boys two or three years junior to me stigging. And I look around and see that my contemporaries are kind of just looking down at their food and and away. And you know what's happening? I, I mentioned John Aubrey by name because I'm so grateful to God for John Aubrey. Because John Aubrey was the agent that God was using to bring about my death, I was dying, to anything that was Tim Stilwell, other than being rooted in Jesus Christ, Uh, Tim Stilwell, I was in the football team as well, and actually, just to put it out there, I was captain of cricket, up until, I didn't, I wasn't, yeah, no, yeah, and I thought, hey, yeah, Tim Stilwell, he can play a forward defence, frick it over mid-wicket, yeah Poof. smack doesn 't matter it doesn 't matter because he 's a Christian being exposed and outed in front of all his mates and those who are junior who are sniggering at him, people sort of now reassessing do I want to be associated with tim silwell the because if i and like a few times we'd have a really decent speaker who'd come to the CU and I think, oh, but I wonder whether X or Y is ever likely to come. So he's got his talk, it's on this topic, and you can see them going, I could see the cogs. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, hang on. If I if I go to the CU and John Albury finds out, then the next time I go to supper, ooh. <laughs> and you can you can see the, ooh and I had to decide, yeah, I could do that. I could say, hey, I know I go to the sea, but it's just, you know, I was just I was just, you know, just, interested. I might go to the mosque next time. I might as well find out about Buddhism. I, you know, I don't know what I think. It's all about God. We're all kind of okay. No, Christian, follower of Jesus Christ, not just nibbling bread, eating flesh, dying to self. It's said of the early Christian martyrs as they sang hymns joyfully as they were carted off to the Colosseum or the lions. It it, 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 it the, the Roman authorities couldn't handle, why, why are they singing when they're going to certain death? And one of their contemporary writers basically put it like this, they said, Caesar can kill us. But he cannot take our life. You see, they, they they weren't just the crowd of Jesus. You kind of hang around listening a bit, bit of bread. Is there a bit of bread? Bit of bread. Oh, that's nice. Oh, this is looking risky. I might just. No, these were crucified with Christ. They died to self. Here's something I discovered in, in that John Aubrey season. It, it's, it's painful to die, it's horrible to die, but actually death in this sense, spiritual death, doesn't take too long, you, you just die and then you're dead. Here's, here's the truth, I think it's a biological truth, it's a physiological truth, it's certainly a spiritual truth, you can only die once. Someone comes up to you in the street, just suppose, armed with a gun, point it at you and shoot you, dead. If they shoot you again, it's just a waste of ammo. You're already dead. Once you've died, from then on in Christian terms, it's only freedom. I die to self in order to live for Jesus Christ. Bread and blood. (laughs) Flesh and life. And the martyrs knew that, which is why they sang joyfully. Here's my my question to, to challenge you as we... So we kind of come into land and prepare ourselves humbly to access bread and wine. When was your John Aubrey moment or season? When, if my experience, when were you outed? (laughs) Maybe at home, maybe at school, uni, perhaps the canteen at work? The open plan office, someone just asked a question out loud, hey, who are you, you know, in your current affairs? Don't, aren't you, are you one of those God brothers? You go to church? You... Oh, well, I do have just for bread. Oh, yeah, actually, I, I follow Jesus Christ as best I can. I follow Jesus Christ because of God's love for me and his spirit filling me. Yeah. Yeah. The equivalent of you, fucking Christian. Have you had that? Or maybe if it wasn't imposed upon you, you volunteered it. I, I, I voluntarily die with Christ. You, I don't know what your bio is on your Instagram or what you might put in a, an email conversation. It, not, not, not just, "Oh, well, I'm going to church." Ah, yeah, lots of people go to church. So, going in God, yeah, lots of people in God, Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Have you, you, as it were, in that sense, come out? Are you dead to self? Have you died? Eaten Jesus' flesh? And if not, please, no shame, no judgment. No, no, but here's here's the question. Um, by the way, I'm going on study leave. The Church of England allows um, vicars to, every 10 years you can go on study leave. This is my last sermon for several months. So I, going, it's a hit and run question now. I love this round. I'll see ya. Do chat to Will if you'd like to. <laughs> if, if you've not volunteered your own John Aubrey moment or it's not been imposed upon you, then what will it take? It'll be different for every single one of us. But what is it that will transform you from the crowd of Jesus to crucified with Jesus? Notice the preposition, with Jesus, he's there. What I discovered as I walked into the dining room is I wasn't alone. Yes, all the sort of contemporaries and mates in my house kind of took a step back temporarily. But do you know who stepped in? Jesus. Jesus. That's when I knew I was a Christian. I was thinking about the talks and reading my Bible and saying my prayers and doing all the other stuff that, I don't know, but how did I know I was a Christian? It was then when I died, when I died because I was crucified with Christ. He was there, he'll be there for you, I guarantee it. And as you are crucified with Christ's flesh, Communion, this is why it's the high point of worship. You, you eat flesh, but you drink blood. You receive life in one and the same thing. In fact, we make it even easier. Bread and wine, dip it in together. Have both. <laughs> Die and live. And Jesus is right there. Filling you. Enabling you. Restoring you. Final thing. Paul rights to the church in, in Rome. Um, just a little bit later on, chapter 12. You, you this will be familiar, but, um, but as, we, as we link it in with what we're about to do next and, uh, and think about this, this, this idea of worship, Therefore, he says, chapter 12, verse one, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. That's a, that's a wonderfully intriguing phrase, a living sacrifice. There's a juxtaposition there, sacrifices die. You offer your body as a living sacrifice. Um, and I think what it means is this. Uh, the, the John Aubrey moment for me was over 40 years ago. <laughs> and when I said I died, I did, I died to self. And Christ is with me, giving me a new life. I, so I, the life I live, I now live by faith in the Son of God who gave his life for me. That's... That's how I understand myself, see myself in light of Christ, new creation. But uh, say so that 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 death thing was a long time ago, and since then, you know, um, people are nice and not necessarily like John Orby was in that that time, and they say nice things, and I think, oh, or, or they affirm this or that uh, things that I do, and I say, oh, maybe I, I can begin to construct or like what I'm effectively doing is just slowly crawling off the altar. (laughs) And communion for me is a, a regular reminder to, with humble access, come as a living sacrifice to the table and to be joined with Christ in his death that I might be joined in his life and resurrection. So please take seriously the invitation in a moment, which I'll issue to you. Draw near with faith, receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ which he gave you, and his blood which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts with thanksgiving. Other parts of the church call this the Eucharist, from the Greek Eucharisto, I celebrate. And and actually that's made up, charis is the word for grace or gift. We celebrate the gift of God, the charis, the eucharist. We celebrate the gift of God to enable us to experience his life as we die to self and live for him. Communion, the centerpiece of our worship, of life. Amen.